0: Good evening, sir. Good evening, sir. This is why you have a... um... In front of you that tells you whether your mics are on or not
1: does it say uh <laughs> microphone's off mate well
0: kind of yeah <laughs> not not loudly but uh in in graphics you're listening to county live with me martin johnston over here i me, martin johnston over here that's double martin johnston for the price of your money county doing really well last time we talked things were going really well and a narrow loss to uh, at a place that's really hard to go to in the last minute yeah, And then a, a cracking win against one of the fancy teams in the division Yeah, um, on bank holiday. How are you feeling? Yeah,
1: uh, Harrogate was a bit of a kick in the shins, uh, if you like. Um, I, I thought we didn't look particularly great in parts, and then other parts we looked like we were playing Harrogate off the park. Um, unlucky not to get a point. I think a point probably would have been a fairly fair result. Um, Chesterfield... <sighs> Jim Gannon said to John Kieran after the in the post match after the game, it wasn't a game of two halves. I'm going to bring that up with him later tonight because I think it was the most obvious—not obvious as obvious, the wrong word—but have was, they changed the rules? <laughs> it, was, it was, it was, it was the biggest example of a game of two halves I think I've ever seen. I think Chesterfield were they—they um, they just applied all sorts of trouble to County in the first half, albeit County dealt with it fairly well. Um, but County just offered very, very little in return. Second half comes around. Um, and it's a different game. It's you know it's a um, completely different game. Um, county score within thirty seconds of the game kicking off for the second half, uh, and from then on it's one way traffic. And as we see, as we've seen so many times in this last, well, this season so far, and in last season, by the end of the game, the other team are just completely out of ideas and almost, almost baying for the final whistle. They they don't want to take any more.
0: That has very much become the pattern of the games. I think, you know, County is certainly surprising people, aren't they? Um, some of those teams should know a bit about County, but, you know, they certainly don't because, that, as you say, that's become a bit of a pattern. Do you think the way Saturday happened might be something to do with the pitch? Because, you know, that kind of pitch is... I'm not looking for an excuse, but gen, but you've got mm. to get used to the... The way the ball travels, the way it bounces, and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. County trained on plastic. The final training session before the game to try and get up to speed with it. But um, one of the first things you noticed when you when you go into the ground at Harrogate is yes, it's a plastic pitch, but there's sprinklers on it, so they're making it extra slick. So um, you expect them to play a fast tempo of football, but. Really, that tends to suit Jim Gannon teams. You know, um, they they have that ability about them to get the ball down and move it around. Death by a thousand passes. They're not a big stocky unit team. Stockport County, like Eastley are, like Chorley are, like you know um, Bradford and Boston that we saw in the division below are. They're not that. That county are a small team who get the ball down. So it could have really helped them in some ways. It just didn't. It just didn't click and. We found ourselves saying, "County a little bit toothless up front," which is not a slant at Frank Mulhern because he uh, ran himself into the ground. It just just didn't seem to come off for him.
0: Yeah, and uh, but then by the end of the game, they had they had worked it out, and and as we say, that is that is the pattern, and and then Monday just completely back on it.
1: Yeah, I, you you kind of half feared the worst when. We were outplayed in the first half, and you think, "Where's this going? You know, where, where's, where, what's happening here?" Um, but because we weren't losing, you you can't let it go, and that, and that's a fan of, as a fan of football, any team will tell you the same. If it's nil-nil at half time, uh, to use your cliche, you're still in it. You, you're completely still in it, and it doesn't matter if you're playing Real Madrid or if you're playing Chesterfield. It, it, nil-nil, you, you're still in the game. Um, was it a slice of luck the first goal? Yeah, probably a little bit. But there was still 45 minutes for Chesterfield to come back into it. There was still 45 minutes for them to do anything. And they went for the team who were completely dominant to just being dominated. They they have nothing to offer. So, um, yeah, all in all, a very good day in the office.
0: So let's listen to your interview with Jim. Let's hear you um, ask him uh, whether Saturday was actually a game of two halves or not.
1: Jim, Thursday evening, uh, back at Isley Park after training... Bank holiday weekend, one loss, one defeat. Dust has settled. Just give us your thoughts.
2: Um, really pleased. Obviously, um, it would have been a disappointing weekend if we didn't get uh, all three points from Chesterfield to pick up one point from a weekend's games it would have been disappointing. But we're um, kind of sat here now with uh, three wins in the last four, all at home. So really pleased with that. Um, There's been great energy and great life about the team and and and, and the club at home. So. And we were, in a, we we're sat in a nice position. So really disappointed after Good, both for the performance um, and also the result and the nature of the defeat in the last minute. Um, but really pleased that we put the record straight on Monday and showed against a really good side, one of the, the promotion favourites that were, we're were in this league and we mean business. So um, delight for that showing.
1: Every week in this podcast, uh, Martin asked me to pick out a player who was the man of the... Almost the man of the match. Who's the man to watch? Uh, and after the Chesterfield game, I found myself thinking there was so many to pick from. You must have been quite proud looking at your team and seeing Paul Turner, Elliot Osborne Niall Bell, Conor De Meo all linking up so well, and the guys in the defence as well. It was an all-round team performance, especially that second half.
2: Yeah, uh, a lot of the lads were, um, you know, they'd obviously had a really tough, grueling game on Saturday. That, you know, the plastic pitch was so hot that it was hurting the feet. Um, really long game Saturday in that heat and then they've obviously gone into Monday's game all the adrenaline from a five and a half thousand crowd and they worked really hard um, and got going second half so um, you could see the exhaustion in some of them Frank had to come off and Sam Walker and Elliot and then the other lads um, just how they, they finished the game and, and still, still with a spring a step uh, is beyond me um, but you know a couple of subs come on and added to the to the drama of it and show that their capabilities, Connor and Nile, as you mentioned. So but really pleased and um you know even Jake Kirby coming back in and have his first full game and he's the stats don't lie the the hardest working player on the pitch during the game and a real goal threat in the second half. So really pleased um a lot of positives. I think we got the team right, um the changes we made tactically and the substitutions all all made sure that we got got over the line, got the win, got the clean sheet. Uh, got three points and put ourselves in the playoffs. So really, really pleased. And um, you know, you don't win games with one outstanding player. You a lot of players working hard and doing the business. So, and, and that's been sort of the measure of not just Monday's game but many of the games so far.
1: This time last week we were speaking about the prospect of playing Chesterfield, the fact that we're we're in the same division as as teams like Chesterfield. Now we're playing these on merit, it's not a cup draw or anything like that. How's it make you feel knowing that You've completely outplayed them. That second half was was scintillating at, at times. Chesterfield just didn't have an answer for Stockport County. And and this shows where we are as a club. From a fan's perspective, it's great to see that we're playing these, level pegging, same same division. But the fact that we're outplaying them, the fact that we're back amongst these kind of names, is is that what you wanted from this season?
2: Uh, I think I think we're all excited about coming into this league and playing the Wrexhams, the Chesterfields and the Hartley and all the ex league clubs. I mean, we've already been to Notts County. That was a, a great evening for the fans and the players. And um, you know, I wouldn't say we totally outplayed them. Um, but certainly as the game grew on and we sort of got bedded into the match and we sort of found our feet and our confidence, we certainly had players that took the team to another level that they couldn't sustain and keep with. So really pleased that we're in so many games against full-time sides with experienced professionals that we seem to be growing and growing and and finishing games strong. So that just shows the quality and the professionalism of our players. So, yeah, um, but yeah, it's a a disappointing day for Chesterfield. Obviously, I think many of our fans, people that involved in our club, will know where they're at and how difficult it is just getting to grips with what's happening at their club and where they are in the league. And it's a difficult time for themselves. We've been through all that drama and we're now at the other end, um, a team that's, if you like, not built on a full-time structure, not built on a lot of money, uh, but certainly well-equipped to do well in non-league. And um, so we're in a, a very good place at the moment. And, um, but it's just, like I said about, I mean, we're looking forward to Wrexham this weekend. So just every week, every every month, we're gonna be looking forward to some really exciting games. And, um, you know, I'm sure like many fans and players, I'm, we're kind of keeping a tab on the results in the conference north, but I don't miss some of the places that we had to go to. Um, we've done that for too many years, and now we're up amongst a, a group of clubs that not just because of the newness, but also because of the size and the excitement and the adrenaline and the crowds. It, they're just good places to look forward to going to. And, um, like I said, and no better place than Edgy Park against a team like Chesterfield on the bank holiday Monday to get, get the blood flowing and, um. For our team and our fans um, and our town, it was a, a great day and um, we shall be proud of how far we've come in so many years.
1: One of the factors that, that made it a great day was that second goal from Niall Bell. Great bit of work from Conor De Mayo to, to pick him out in the first place. But then Niall Bell, I'm probably guilty of it myself on occasion in commentary, referring to Niall Bell as the powerful forward who bustles his way through and he's got this raw energy about him. But that was a finessed finish, wasn't it, the weekend?
2: No, no, um, you know, people can be simplistic and refer to people as being raw and you know, not having the know-how or being inexperienced, etc. But, you know, even players older and not will show rawness or naiveness. Um, I think um, Niall's got some tremendous attributes. That's why we brought him in and we've kept him and we think that there's, there's more to come. Um, the challenge for us and for Niall is to bring that out. Um, but there's no doubt about uh, some of his technical qualities when he's facing the goal. Um, even his goal on Saturday, um, you know, wasn't an easy finish. And he, he, we've seen last year, whether it be the Leamington game or the Fylde game, these are strikes you think, well, did that just go in? Um, so the lad knows what, what he's doing when he strikes a ball. Uh, it's The work for everybody is to get him into a position where he can get on the ball and get facing the goal. And I think that that's where the quality in the move, uh, I think Paul Turnbull made a great block. And Connor then with his composure finds Niall because he's offered himself into a space and connects with Connor and then connects again with him inside their half and then after that it's all about composure and quality as he steps forward and just strikes a, a, a really powerful shaped shot uh, which the keeper had a little chance of saving and brilliant for him um, because it's he's had a tough pre-season with the injury and he's working his way back to fitness. Um, it was nice for him to get a goal, his first goal at Harrogate, but. No better feeling really than to score at the, the Cheadle end uh, and celebrate what was going to go on to be a, a goal that cemented a, a, a really good win.
1: I know it's early days in the season. I don't want to read too much into positions in the league table, but counting in the playoff spots as it stands, does that mean it's been a positive start to the season for you?
2: Very much so. Um, it's been a, a positive start for us. It's been a a strange start for some of the contenders. And I think that anybody with experience of this level will tell you that so-and-so had a poor start last year, and so-and-so had a poor start. So um, I think to finish in that position, uh, seventh position will take another maybe 55, 60 points. So nobody's getting carried away. Um, we know that what we've done in seven games isn't gonna be a measure of our success at this level, but given the teams the place we've had to go and and play against I think we've had a really good test against teams at this level and we've not been found wanting and uh, like I said um, a little bit more work and a a few more additions uh, we'll just continue to grow into the league and and, uh, as people know with my teams we seem to get better as the season goes on because we keep working hard we keep adding, we keep improving so um, it's it's a solid start and a very positive start because we wanted to be we wanted to come into this season and, and make sure that we we gave a good account of ourselves and that we added something to the league and that you know, that we start to gain something from the league and I think that we're starting to see those signs and it uh, you know long mate continue but the work continues again this weekend when we got two really tough games, uh, Wrexham on a Saturday and then follow that with a what well, I expect to be another cracking game on Tuesday night against File. So um these are two teams that were in the playoffs and uh, are gonna give us a real test of whether we can stay in the playoffs, and whether we're good enough to stay in the playoffs, and if we if we do that, then then we can start sort of talking more confidently about the uh, enthusiasm and excitement of what we can achieve this season. But but I'm a realist, and I know that there's a lot of work to be done to to keep that position. Um, and our first target is to just make sure that we we give a good account ourselves on Saturday.
1: Well, let's speak about Saturday then. It's another. Big club. It's another big game, as you as you've already alluded to, uh, Rex and the destination. What do you know about the Dragons?
2: Well, I think uh, the Reds are, are definitely one of the favourites this year. I think uh, Brian's come and done a great job. Uh, fantastic home record, um, partisan crowd, uh, and that that energy gives them real purpose at home, a very good side at home. I think despite where they are in the league, I think they've been really good at home. A couple of wins and a draw Um, and and perhaps could have took more out of those games. Um, They'll be disappointed with their form on the road and I think they're sort of still trying to adapt to how to win games away from home and how to score goals but keep clean sheets. So, But um, I don't think there'd be many bookies that would not have them amongst the favourites for the playoffs and promotion. Um, so we know it's a tough place to go to. They'd be smart after the weekend's game. Uh, Hartlepool did a job on them in terms of locked up and st- snatched goals on them, um, and so many bits and pieces went wrong for them. They'd be really disappointed, and they'd be brushing themselves down and really determined to put that right on Saturday because they'd be looking at us and thinking, we want to be in that spot. If we beat them, we go above them. So that's the, the challenge for Wrexham, and the challenge for us is to go there and make sure that... Uh, we don't let the occasion or the atmosphere uh, mean that they're better than us. Uh, I think we've, as long as we work really hard and uh, stay in the game, concentrate and show our quality, then we can be confident getting the game there. But um, but leaving aside where the two teams are, what a great club Wrexham are. And you know, I think our fans are all excited about going there and making a noise and really enjoying the atmosphere. And I just hope that we rise to that excitement and adrenaline and that uh, we all see a cracking game of football on Saturday. It's an interesting phrase, Hartlepool
1: doing a job on Wrexham. Do you ever go into a game and think, that's what we need to do? Do you, do you learn anything from Hartlepool did this and it stifled Wrexham, so maybe we should try doing that?
2: I think I think you can always look at that um, and then you kind of say, well, have we got players to play what Hartlepool did? I mean, Hartlepool's formation was 5-3-2 and, and you can clearly see from the video that they play five defenders. Out of possession three midfielders and two strikers that forage away and that kind of unnerved um Rexham to a certain point because they couldn't play expansive football and a back four that was wide apart because jimmy torre and uh, james will, will cause problems for you um so i think everybody's uh, you know brian's uh, been talking about how barnet and other teams are coming to to the race course ground and trying to stifle them and um Perhaps uh, keep themselves in the game, and every club is going to do that. We've seen that with Maidenhead when they come here, and we're going to find it. In, in You know, as our reputation becomes stronger at this level, teams will come here and and be be tight and controlled and that. So, I think Brian knows that the challenge will be uh, when you're at home and you're against teams that are below you or or expectations are less than yours. They're going to be happy to try and be competitive, keep a clean sheet, and try and steal a point or three points from a game. So. But to answer your question about Hartlepool, I think um, Hartlepool surprised me with the formation and it worked on the day. Perhaps um, got a fortunate penalty sending off. All these things help create momentum for a team. Um, but that's the, what managers have to do sometimes when if you're not getting the results with a certain formation, you have to change. We've seen that with Harrogate. The four wasn't working. Go and sign a lad called Bradley. change shape. And all of a sudden, they're winning games and and picking up points, so I think we're going to see a lot that over the course of the season. So I think what we have to be all the time is resourceful, flexible, adaptable and just keep um, changing, not to stop the opposition but to get the best out of ourselves, exploit their weaknesses and make sure that their their strengths don't affect us and so far we've we've done that quite well this season. So physically then,
1: going into the game against Wrexham, what what would a county look like, What's, what's the shape of the squad?
2: Well, uh, at the start of training today we were we were hoping that a couple of days rest for the first team and everybody would be in good energy and, and, and we started off training that way. Uh, unfortunately um, um picked up a little niggle, uh, Frank's still feeling very tight around his calves so um, we're going have to just have to see how they are for uh, Saturday um, but everybody else looks fighting fit. Uh, the, uh, the Elliot Osborne and Sam Walker they felt obviously tight but they're fine full of energy tonight Um we'll know we're not going to have to be physically at our best uh, the race court ground is um, a big pitch Um, you know uh, it'll be a game with lots of energy so um, of the 18 players that we, we have um we're, we're confident something of being fit um, but like I said we the first team's looking pretty strong, a couple of good options for us. So, um, I'm, I'm, I've been really busy on the phone trying to look at strengthening, uh, but it's then all just at the right time, strengthening when we really need it. So, I'm conscious that there's a few of our players are feeling the strain, um, but you know, um, I'm sure that if you ask them. They'll all, they'll all want to hold on to their shirt and they all want to keep working hard and they keep want to push themselves to the limit and um, so it's their shirts and they're proud of wearing them at the moment and um, like I said they'll be wearing them on Saturday and hopefully we give a good account of ourselves like we have in, in, in all the games so far so um, in good shape and looking really really looking forward to the game so hopefully we put in the same sort of shift that we did on, on Monday and get the same sort of result
1: With it being two very tough games within a, a short amount of time. You've already mentioned Wrexham and then filed on a Tuesday. Do you have to manage that game differently uh, to maybe the way you would if it was an open week after it? The fact that you've got filed on Tuesday, have you got one eye on that thinking, at an hour, maybe make a change if someone looks like they're getting a little leggy? Um,
2: well, we can only look at the experiences from the Ben Cullody weekend, which were more more demanding. Um we didn't withdraw players thinking I want to try and save their legs for Chesterfield. We, we we really needed to manage that game, bring bring the subs on to try and win the game, get the goals um, and protect ourselves from injuries. Um, so I think we can't really look at Fylde. Um, Fylde will look after itself come six o'clock on Saturday. We'll start thinking about Fylde. Um What we need to do is look at what we did against Chesterfield, look at training, uh, maybe look at the, the shape of and their strengths, the weaknesses, and then put a team out. But, you know, you can't... I mean, sometimes it's easy to pick a team, especially when you've won a game. Um, I only made a couple of changes that I felt I needed to make for for Monday. I think, by and large, they worked. uh, We're trying to ease subs in and trying to manage players so that we're getting as much good quality and energy out of the players we can, uh, especially where we have that little bit of depth. But... No, I think file will look after itself um, and I think that anybody who plays 90 minutes on Saturday will certainly be in good, good enough shape to play 90 minutes on Tuesday. Um, I think Brian probably himself will lament the fact that he made six changes for Monday. When you think you've got a squad um, and that freshness sometimes can add to your team but sometimes new players can take a little bit away. So. Unfortunately he's got a few injuries A few suspensions And he's having to constantly shuffle his pack But from our perspective um, When a team's won And players are in good form It's easy just to say Same again lads And then we will give The best account of ourselves on Saturday And pick up the pieces And see what changes we're forced to make And we need to make for Tuesday night's game
1: Not that I'm going to ask you to tell me What it is Do you have a target of points in mind For the
2: next two games? Um not really, no. I never, I never really think like that. So you, you catch them on the hot one. You ask a question like that. I think um, we'd be disappointed if we lose at Wrexham like we were at Harrogate. I think we've got to show a little bit more strength in those scenarios where there's something to be taken out of the game and make sure we take something out of it. I think first step, first and foremost, is really to go to Wrexham, play as well as we can, uh, stay in the game, um, and. Like I said, like you know, all the other games. Let's hope we score um, and come away with some points. Um, and then I think, um, depending on how we do there. Um, you know, if we if we lose or draw, with the pressure will be on us to win. So I think we'd all be happy with four. Um, you know, six would be greedy. But like I said, just one game at a time. And uh, to paraphrase you and your commentary, um, let's just take as much as we can out of the games. Um, you know, even if it's not what we deserve, let's try and get take out all six points. Um, two very tough sides um, that will be determined to, to claw themselves back into the top half of the table so we are going to be in for challenging matches but um, let, let's just go about our business the way we have and see how Rexham cope with us and file cope with us in terms of us trying to beat them and win and take all six points
1: Another big week ahead Jim, all the very best
2: Thanks so much
0: Chris with Jim, who as ever is uh, up for it against Wrexham on Saturday. But let's uh, just look back to um, the last two games. Chris, who was your player of the week?
1: It's that's a, a really good question because um, there's so many players to pick from. You know, you, you want to look at Elliot Osborne for the incredible work ethic of him and the way he's adapted to almost three positions on the pitch. You know, he's playing a four, he's playing an eight, and he's playing a ten. Um, but I think you've got to give it to Niall Bell. You ha- I think that's only fair. Ding dong, ding dong, because he's um, essentially he's he's the reason County are in the playoff places now. Um, he's popped up with two goals. Okay, the first one stood for little um, in terms of where it got us in the table, but it stood for a great deal in that it got him off the mark. What does he show in the second game? Uh, a touch of absolute class. You know, we we. Um, Paint him out, we're all guilty of it. Um you, myself, John Kieran, we all paint him out as this big bullish, brawn figure, which he is, but then to to get the ball under his spell like that and steer it past a, a very good goalkeeper, uh, for Chesterfield is is something a little bit special. So, um you've got to give it now, Bell. He he essentially sealed that win for us on Saturday uh, and as I look at the league table now we're sitting pretty in seventh OK, okay seven games gone it doesn't stand for much but it's nice to see on paper especially as we said last week you look at Chorley who came up with us not adapting to life so well they're rock bottom
0: Yeah, absolutely and you know it doesn't, it doesn't matter how many games are gone you have to have done your best and the county can certainly say they've done their best and are really and as we as we said before the interview they're really surprising teams and that means something so now Bell player of the week but probably Elliot going back to Elliot probably the best player of the season so far
1: I think that's fair comment John Kieran made a, a point on Saturday uh, about county don't have that star player anymore you know you, you look over recent seasons it's been really easy to pick out that player it was Matty Warburton it was Jason Oswell it was Danny Lloyd. It was Lewis Montrose. Those players were there. They were easy to identify. This season, you know, it's replicate It's reflected in the um, in the playing budget. Uh, in the in so by, by that I mean in the wages. You know, all all the players are paid relatively similar. So there's no egos. There's no um, I'm on double your money, so I pull rank on you. I ride shotgun kind of mentality. Everyone's on around the same money, and everyone's pulling the same. And, you would say, is Frank the star man or is it Niall Bell? Because they share that number nine role. Okay, they don't share the number nine shirt anymore because of the squad numbers, but they share that number nine role. Or you look at Elliot Osborne. Is it him? Is it getting around everywhere? Is it Adam Thomas coming to the fray? Or is it at the back? Is it Ash Palmer and Jordan Keane? Is it Paul Turnbull, the way he's been heroically leading this team forward? And I think when you consider it all... That motivation to be the star man has probably propelled Elliot a little bit. He's seen those shoes vacated. He's probably looked around and thought, I've played at a higher level. Um, he will believe in himself that he is still destined for a higher level, be it with county uh, or further afield. And he's, he's probably seeing this as now, okay, I need to show that I can defend, I can attack, I can move the ball around, I can tackle, I can finish, I can do everything involved. My only hope is he doesn't burn himself out because... As we said in the commentary, you and I both know Nick Donnelly, the strength and conditioning coach. He uh, he's very into um, the stats that the players give off in training and in matches. Uh, and as I understand it, Elliot is one of the top performers consistently. Can he keep that going through a whole season? I, I hope so because he probably has been the man who looks most likely to fill that star role. Um, and long may it continue because he's he's leading things at the moment.
0: Absolutely, and it just and it does just show you you know where desire gets you you know was, there was never a, any question a, a about his, his skills but that desire as you say is propelling him and you know stats don't lie that he's pro- propelling him to take control of games and as you say in all areas of the park so uh Wrexham on Saturday I uh I love a bit of Wrexham just I just remember them being in the in the Football League and I, I've been to the ground a few times. I remember Mickey Thomas and yeah. Wales playing. I'm not Welsh, but I remember Wales playing there when they had a few big games. So I, I, I think it's a, it's a great place to go. And it's a, it's a club that I love county playing against.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. I spoke a lot with Peter Ward over the summer and obviously he has memories of Wrexham. And... Uh, yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. We've, we've had fan issues in the past with a bit of crowd trouble and whatnot, but... I don't really think it's anything to, to completely boil over about. When it get when it comes down to it, it's two old sides with a lot of history. Um, you know, they they've both got a lot to brag about, they've both fallen on hard times, they both find themselves in this non-league wilderness, um, and are trying to hack their way out of it. And I think um Wrexham as it stands, just sitting outside the playoffs, County currently just in the playoffs. We're at that kind of season where a win can move you a few places or a loss can drop you a few places. So quite a lot to play for. I think we're starting to see more and more people come back off the holidays now, you know, kids getting ready to go to school and all the rest of it. So the the, the crowds will start to, to bump up a little bit more. So for Wrexham fans, I'm sure there'll be a lot of them, this is their first game of the season. You know, this, they've, they've been away, they've, they've been whatever. Uh, and it's Stockport County with the greatest of respect to teams like Harrogate and Ebsfleet Fleet and Chorley and other teams in this division. It's not Wrexham, it's not Stockport County. You know, it's... Um, there's a few clubs, Chesterfield and Hartlepool, that that will pull this kind of sway. Wrexham against County, we're talking about it now. Teams really want to look forward to. Bet your bottom dollar, the Wrexham version of this podcast will be saying the same, albeit maybe with a bit more of a Welsh accent.
0: Hundred percent, and and that's exactly what you want. You want teams that want to beat you, and you want teams that you really, really, really want to beat because both. Um, there's two big sets of fans, two traditional clubs that have, you know, played each other a, a, a lot over the years. That's what you want. You know, that's what makes these games great. Th- you know, the um, <clears throat> the way we used to look forward to the FC United games was for a different reason, but it's the same kind of feeling when we're playing these teams mm. now.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, you, you you've touched on a good point there. You know, you, you compare you, the certain games you look out for, and in the National League North, FC United was a game you looked out for. Uh Wrexham, race course ground, everything else is something to look out for. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, no reason not to feel confident the way the boys are playing at the minute. So let's go out and just enjoy our football, you know. It's um it's something to be treasured. You, with what's going on up the road this week in Bury and Bolton. It just reminds you what football's about and the way it brings people together. So let's go and enjoy why we follow it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it also reminds you why it's so important. And I'm not saying Bolton and Barry weren't, but why it's so important to be embedded in the community mm. and have the community behind the club because you know when the hard times come, as they ha- as they did for County, County managed to get through it. Berry, you know, Bolton have, Bury haven't. You know, I'm, let's hope that their supporters can can you know revive that club. The good thing is there's lots of templates for clubs who can you know a bit yeah. of di- diversion is, but I think it bears saying that there's lots of templates for clubs. At like Clydebank, I was reading about the other day. You know, their supporter owned. They've got a um, so everything that's done on a match day there is completely voluntary. You know they've got a a, a CEO who's a volunteer, but hopefully you know Barry will will find a way back. Um, So who's going to be your one to watch? Who are you going to keep an eye on at the racecourse ground? It's a
1: great question because again there's just there's there's too many possibilities. The the obvious answer is you want to see Elliot Osborne, or is it cheating to say Niall Bell because you feel he he has to start Niall Bell, or do you look at someone like Jake Kirby? who um, mixed reviews at the weekend, some people saying he did a lot, other people saying they wanted to see more from him, um, and I think it's why I'm going to land on Jake, because he, we know what he's got in his locker. He, he's, he's not had the start to the season that he would have liked, found himself out the, out the squad a couple of times, um, but he's been given that number 11 shirt, he's been played as a second striker, he's been played on the left, um, he's been played in the 10 role, so there's adaptability there and I think Jim wants to give him that run of games just to get get him in the zone, you know, get him in the groove, have a look at what Adam Thomas is doing, have a look at what Elliot Osborne's doing, have a look at what Nile Bell is doing. You now now you go and do it. And I think as soon as that clicks within Jake Kirby, um, it's a frightening addition to the uh to to, to the attack and um hopefully uh Wrexham will be the 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 um the setting that to click into place.
0: I know you've always been a big fan of Jake, so it'll be interesting to see. As you say, this is where he picks the not picks the ball up and runs with it, that's a completely different sport. <laughs> but you know, metaphorically, he does that. <laughs> um, but do you? Could can you see Jim being Jim? Can you see Niall not starting? That bit, can you yeah. see that yeah, yeah. The,
1: the, the, yeah, And you, you'd have to argue there's logic for it. As yeah, absolutely. As, it, as much as yeah. it would frustrate Niall Bell. If Jim says, we've got Frank to run the defenders ragged for an hour, uh, and then I keep bringing you on and you keep scoring, uh, I'm just going to do the same again. But if you're Niall, you're going, uh-uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not having that, mate. So, um, yeah, and I think Frank, being, being the way Frank is, he, you know, he'll know that, that Niall is, is breathing down his neck now and he will probably get the start on Saturday.
0: It's a nice problem to have, and there's plenty of time left this season. To solve that problem, or to to try various different things, you know, I, I would love at some point to see them both on the pitch. You know? Yeah, but well,
1: we started to see that a little more this season, and they, they play they play well off each other. But we know Jim's preferred, you know, is this three-one up front, be it a three-four or a four-three behind him. Uh, sorry, or a four-two. He likes he likes this um, this idea of three buzzing players around us, a, a lead. Uh, a line leading striker so maybe we'll see the two of them start a few more games but at the moment yeah we might be left waiting
0: yeah things are going well so it's time for who's the hatter but it's not hold it right there in Alan Partridge fashion it's (laughs) it's not or rather should I say no it's not it's the reverse we've done a reverse ferret we've been called out on Twitter well you've been called out on Twitter yeah for um, for being lazy, for cheating, of all that kind of things. I know. Was that the word, cheat, cheating, or lazy? Uh,
1: no, I think it was lazy. Um, I have been lazy and not got the actual post up here in front of me, so I'm just gonna.
0: I don't think you can cheat in a game you invented yourself, but you know, <laughs> so we'll we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll stick with lazy. Um, but yeah, so essentially, what happened was, um,
1: as as we know, with, with Who's the Hatter, we give out some um, we give out some clues every week, and we say. Uh, who's the Hatter? Who is it?
0: Yeah, see if you can get it in three clues.
1: And we we read out some clues. Last week was Ali Gibb, uh, as a few people um, got you know the, a few people got it right. I cannot find the message.
0: Uh, I can't find the message now. Oh. Ali Gibb, of course, the uh, the only man to play for Stockport County was in the Bee Gees. So nothing for my uh, Bee Gees joke then. But uh, carry on.
1: Um, yeah. So uh, Nigel Penn got in touch with me on Twitter, uh, and he said. Uh, you've used this before. Uh, it's Ali Gibb, and you, fair play to him. But he sparked me with an idea. Um, so, Nigel, if you're listening, well well done. You, you're right for getting Ali Gibb. Uh, um,
0: and you're it, right that Chris is lazy.
1: Yeah, I'm not too happy about that one, Nigel, but we'll let it go. Um, he gave me an idea, and he said, he said, how about I ask you a question? He didn't say that, but he said, I've got one for you. Who is this? And he gave me the clues. Now, I have to guess who it is. Um... And I'm not sure I'm going to get it. I I, I think that's quite a hard one, um, but we're going to put it out there, um, and and that's the game for this week. Uh, what we're going to do is encourage anybody else who feels that they can test me with this, get in touch, send us a message at live scfc on Twitter of um, of your three clues for a who's the Hatter, and I will guess it. So test. My <laughs> Stockport County knowledge, if you will, uh, but this is who Nigel has given us the clues for. So, anyone wants to get in touch, who is this player? He was born in Nuneaton. His middle name is John, and he's currently aged fifty-six.
0: Uh, the same age as me.
1: You are joking. You don't look a day over fifty-five, mate.
0: Well, hey, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to join Nigel Penn's blue and white army, and send us <laughs> send us uh, send us questions in the form of three. Questions and see if we can get it. Well I obviously from the and that's just totally giving it away. I know it is, but I'm not telling anyone. <laughs> yeah,
1: I I I can't think of, I can't think I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess is it Richard Landon?
0: <laughs> so Chris is going for Richard Landon. Um but we'll have uh yeah, we'll we'll do this for a few more weeks, see how see how it flies.
1: So let's let's just let's just um put that under again. We want you to get in touch with us. Send us, send us three clues to a player, and I guarantee, I guarantee I will get it right every single time.
0: <laughs> Absolutely huge guarantee. Um, but do you know what I'm delighted about? Go on. People are listening to the, this podcast and can remember old podcasts where the same question was asked. <laughs> yeah. That's very well We're done. Definitely, even if it's just one do person. Want a, do you want a job as a
1: producer? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, uh, so remember, you can listen to Chris and Mr John Kieran for life full match commentary of Wrexham against Stockport County this Saturday on Imagine 104.9 FM Shall we sign out with some crisp
1: bits courtesy yep. of Dan Powell Oh
0: have you got some no context?
1: Yeah, Dan, Dan wants it called crisp bits and I quite like that Okay. Uh, full credit to Dan Powell, go check him out he's at Stockport County's ground filming at the moment um, This is courtesy of Dan, Good night. Might to uh, run down an offer in my cap down an offer in my cup